gonna go with my heel on the three. One, two, one, two. So. That's fine. Yeah. <coughs> okay, you're listening to the Blue Room on, uh, well, formerly on Radio City Talk. <laughs> it's exclusive to the podcast now. I'm Dave Downey. Uh, you wouldn't have heard my voice on here for a while due to various work commitments and, and whatnot. It's normally Ped and Matt who's here with me today. You like, like the like the Undertaker, Dave. You just kind of you just kind of return every time <laughs> around about this year when WrestleMania is on for the for the big events and then. You're back for the uh, you're back for the, the roar after WrestleMania yeah. again you, now. Yeah. You won't see me till next April after tonight's <laughs> appearance. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's quite an appropriate time, I think, as well to be um, well for anyone to be talking about the club at the moment because things are getting a little bit uh, tetchy to say the least amongst the fan base, certainly concerning the manager. But uh, also, I think there's a lot of different issues in the melting pot at the minute, Matt. Um, I mean, we had the fantastic news and new investments. And you'd think that, I think everything was hunky-dory. I think I remember mm. sitting here when we went to Villa away, 1-3-1, and that was back-to-back wins. Mishiri had just invested his money, yeah. uh, and everyone's singing Ali Ali O again. Um, <laughs> far cry from that now, given what happened to, to United on Sunday, uh, at United on Sunday. And then uh, we've had the Baines comments come out. We've had Martinez coming out with some really, really strange comments mm. about players booing themselves or, or whatever yeah. your interpretation of that was. So, I mean... To, to start off, really, Matt, um, we'll, we'll go through the United performance. Um, my initial reaction to it was a, it, it was boring. First of all, I thought um, it was it, it typified Martinez of last season. I think I thought in many ways there was no penetration. Mm. We started off quite well, pressing from the off. Um, I think we forced them into a couple of mistakes mm. territorially. I thought we had the, the better share of it first mm. twenty minutes, and then we sort of went into that shell of. Sideways pass. I don't know how many balls got laid back to Robles and goal as well yeah. to knock up field, and it it, ju- it just felt it, it felt empty to me. It's just passive, wasn't it? The whole yeah. the whole display. I mean, you mentioned there about the the, the pressing early on, and, and that's encouraging. And then it's something me and Ped have been talking about a lot the last few weeks about how the intensity of the ball and the fitness just doesn't seem to be there with this yeah. team, and, and we see him. Those first few minutes is sort of like sums us up in a way because we, we play in spells in games, don't we? We have games where we, we, we attack well for 10, 15, 20 minutes. We have games where we press teams for 10, 15, 20 minutes. But to put it all together into a complete performance and sustain it, it's been really, really difficult. It's almost impossible for us th- this season. And the, the fact that early in the campaign when people were sort of on the fence about this team and this manager and how... One of the, the the main positives people are pointing to is the fact that we're playing like engrossing attacking football. There's a uh, there's a, there's a swagger about us going forward, but that's gone now. It just seems to have just seems to have faded away gradually over the past few weeks. And you mentioned Leighton Baines there; his comments alluded to it, didn't he? he said the chemistry with the, with these players has just simply disappeared now. And what what else was worrying yesterday was the complete <laughs> lack of lack of appetite for the for the fight and the lack of response when we went one 0 down mm. in the game and. The confidence of the team is just so brittle. Whenever we can see the goal, we can see the times we can see the knock. One straight afterwards, you're thinking about games at Bournemouth and Chelsea and, and Leicester and West Ham. There's so many times a season, and when we do go behind, we just can't seem to get back at teams. There's no response. There's no there's no direction from the substitute bench from the manager in terms of his changes. And and like you mentioned mm. there, it just feels empty. And that it was a game which reminded me of. Um, what was the one last season? I was Stoke Stoke City away last year. And it just, it just, yeah, it, we, we went, we went there and we just played terribly. And there was nothing about the team that night. And, and Martinez is 
demeanour after the game seemed to suggest he was losing the players a little bit. There's obviously a lot of talk about Tetu behind the scenes, a lot of talk about Sylvan Distan, and it feels like a similar situation at the moment. Yeah, I, I think, and in terms of um, losing the players, I think you know that's often become a cliche in modern day football. Mm. You know, when managers are doing poorly, the first thing that a lot of people come out with is, "Oh, he's lost the dressing room," and once you've lost it, you can never get it yeah. back, and all that sort of thing. But the the, the sort of I, I think it's set a precedent in many ways because looking at many people's comments on, on social media after the game, in, in this regard as well, I think that we're not used to a manager that's ever done that really in, in the modern era, certainly mine and your yeah. age. You look at whenever to have been on a poor run under David Moyes, he never looked at a team and looked at their body language and thought, these lads aren't playing for the shirt, these lads aren't invested in what the manager wants them to do. I don't. I don't think I can ever think of a time that that has been the case. From certainly from Walt, Joe Royal through Walter Smith, no. um, Moyes himself. The only one slight occasion I can think it might have happened was that Wigan quarter final. Yeah. Um, when 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 I looked at that and I thought, oh, and, and that that turned out to be the season he left. So I mean, there's probably credence in that. But from what people were saying, you look at that. I mean, I looked at the demeanour of some of them. Ross Barkley looked like he, he hadn't slept um, at the right from the off. There was nothing from him, and there was no emotion. The only person I seen getting angry was Jackie Elka, and I made I made the point on Twitter at the time that uh, Alan Parry and uh, Alan Smith, commentating on the game, made the point that he was arguing with the referee about maybe being pulled back in the penalty area on a corner. Yeah. He wasn't. He was screaming at our players for not attacking the ball. I think the ball got fizzed over. It was actually a decent corner from one for once. I think it might have well been Baines who put it in. And um, Jack Elka found himself goal side of the ball, looking back on three, four, five Everton yeah. players, not charging into the box, trying to make contact with the ball. Only turning up the shot, yeah. That's right, yeah. And and he just went, he went, he went crazy at them, uh, and they obviously on TV interpreted it as, as him having a go at the ref for, for some reason. But I looked at Dan, I thought, there's your captain getting angry at players for not showing some incentive, some initiative mm. again. That's just a small example, but I, I looked at like. When we went 1-0 down, I'm looking at people taking throw-ins, no urgency, they're not sprinting to get the ball back off a ball, boy. Just little things like that. I'm thinking, where where is, you know, where's the incentive here for these lads? And I think the proof's in the pudding in, in, in the wider context, in, in the fact that, yeah, we're on a, a good FA Cup run, excuse me, um, and, and we've got this semi-final coming up. But as, as a few ex-players have, have said to me, whenever I've spoken to them about it in recent weeks, Footballers play for themselves sometimes in that regard because they want to win trophies. Yeah. The, the, the fact whoever's in charge doesn't mean anything. They want that winner's medal. And you can understand that, having a selfish sort of uh, perspective on things. I mean, if, I, if I'm playing with a manager that I don't like, but we're still in a cup final, I still want to go and win that cup regardless. Do you think that's the same with the manager as well? Because he seems to be building up. He's been mentioning about these two semi finals. Yeah. How- it's the first time since the 1984 we've got the two domestic semi-finals, and he seems to be really focusing on this, these semi-finals as if they're, uh, you know, they're going to save our season. And when you look at it, and you look at the position we're in, the plays we've got, what teams are up up top in the Premier League, mm-hmm. and, and how far behind we are in so many respects, it seems as though he's just trying to build it up and make himself look good. And, and it might like it might be a similar sort of thing that you mentioned in there with the players. Yeah, that might well be it. Um, because I mean, it's chalk and cheese. You look at that Chelsea game, sticks out like a sore thumb. Compared yeah. to the league games that have gone on around it, and 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 take Lukaku as the case in point. 
I mean, a lot of people throw that lazy thing. I hate it because it's a stereotype, I think, that's thrown out in the lazy thing. I don't think he was at his best by any means. I'll, I'll agree with most people there. But at the same time, there was no one within 20, 30 no. yards of him at most of that game. And I felt I felt, I felt, felt quite sorry for him, to be honest with you. Um, but going back to what you said about Martinez, I think he, he tries to hold... You can tell how, how more desperate the situation's becoming the more and more he mentions yeah. how good of a season we've had in the Cups. I mean, Liverpool, dare I say, I hate to make the comparison, but Liverpool got to two semi-finals last season, ultimately sacked their manager seven games into this one, mm. uh, and, and they were doing better than Everton at the time. Um, I know we're going to get on to Martinez's potential future in a minute, but um, I, I just think that you, you look at a performance like that and it, it makes you fear a semi-final. It should be a joyous occasion for all of us mm. going down to Wembley and... And whatnot, and having um, it's a day off for fans, but obviously it shouldn't be a day off for the team. They should be wanting to go there and win it. Yeah. Um, and it just puts a massive, massive cloud over it for me, Matt. And I, I just, I don't see a way back for them. No, it's it's beyond repair. <coughs> Excuse me, it's beyond repair now. And I think we've been saying this for a few weeks, and in terms of what what you need in a football team to to have long term stability and long term success. We just haven't got so many of those ingredients. You need to be good at home and hard to beat at home. You need to be able to defend leads. You need to have, to have players who work hard. You need to have a cohesion in, in your attacking play, in your defensive play. And we just simply don't have that. And there's been times this season where you've looked at it and think, oh, we're not far away. We might click into gear in the next few weeks. And it's just gotten further and further away. And I think a word you, you mentioned a lot earlier in the season was a utopia he was looking mm. for. And it's just not achievable. And there's no way it's going to be achievable now. And when you get... I, I, I'm not sure that the manager seems to realise how much disgruntlement there is in the fan base yeah. here at the moment. You know, coming out with comments about the, the players booing each other in the dressing room after the game. You know, it, it was sort of like a joke, wasn't it? Like, yeah. oh, yeah, well, the fans are booing, but we're booing each other in the dressing room as well. Ha, ha, ha. And it's patronising. Exactly, yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah, and the way he comes out after, after the games and, and, and mentions all these external factors, how... We were wrong by this. We were wrong by that. We just it just wasn't our day. The Arsenal performance the other week it was a one off. At the weekend, he said a defensive lapse in our play was 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 not like us. You know, yeah. it is patronising. It, 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 it's, it's it's taking the fans for a ride and taking them for fools. And it's 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 enough is just enough now. And I've seen a lot of people saying if he if he wins the cup and how if he wins the cup it's it should be a saving grace for him he should stay on for the, for the season because he's done something which we've, we've been craving for 21 years but mm. this this cup run has covered up a multitude of sins for me behind the scenes and the Premier League and, and you, you grind <laughs> to grind it's just we just haven't got it in us and mm. it, I, I find it tough to see that process even beginning where we need to have those things I mentioned at the starting point there to go forward they're just not in there in the team and there's no way that he is going to instill them because his, his career as a manager to date shows that you know it, mm. it's it's like having I, know, I mentioned this analogy last week it's like it's like having all the boss parts to a, a great car and not being a mechanic you know I, I can go out and say this is a great engine or this these yeah. are great wheels I can yeah. get them but I don't know how to put them, put them together and it mm. seems like he's the same with that he just hasn't got those those little bits to put it all together and move us forward yeah I mean I I, I produced the Legends show um, with, with Graeme Sharp and um, John Aldridge on a Monday and Friday here and I was listening to them on Monday night, just gone. And um, a guy rang in asking Sharpie, you know, obviously it's the ultimate dilemma if he goes and, and it's a big if, mm. if we all win the FA Cup, does that make him sort of, you know, he can't be sacked? Mm. And Sharpie's response was really interesting. He said that 
ultimately he judges a manager on his league season and I think we all need to sort of stick to that yeah. notion. It's funny, I was talking to um, uh, Phil McNulty, he, he, he tweeted, he was tweeting a few fans, who were looking at the conversation and he was saying to a few of them that he thinks it'd be almost impossible, I think in his words, or for want of a better yeah. phrase from me, um, it'd be almost impossible for Everton to get rid of a manager that wins their first trophy in 21 years. I think it's a dramatic sign of the times, the fact that it's, it's even getting considered or people are even talking about it. I think that's a measure of how far this has gone with yeah. Martinez because that should be you know, the ultimate saving grace. That should be... And, we, we, and, and it sounds slightly hypocritical and I wrote a piece about it a few weeks ago. If there's a if you've got a right to be fickle as a football fan, it's probably about about now because exactly, we yeah. sat here at the start. We, we sat here at the start of the season, and I said, oh, I'd have us finishing seventeenth and winning a trophy." And and now I'm sitting here. Well, we could potentially finish twelfth, eleventh, whatever, ninth, whatever it is. Some some poor mid table position, and winning the FA Cup. Well, people quite rightly say to me, "Well, you said you'd take that yeah. at the start of the season," but what people don't understand look, from the outside looking in towards Evertonians is it's the circumstances and the manner in which we've gone about this sort of steady decline over two years and again Martinez if you're one of those people who would still who who still give him time because there are still those out there I'd say there's a majority but I wouldn't say I'd say it's going towards an overwhelming majority but I wouldn't say to everyone Mm. who who would who would have him sacked right now I think if you, you look at there's no, there's no, and there's no way I look at that team and I think, well, he's shown something there that I think he can work on and potentially turn around. The defense <coughs> is just a massive, massive issue. It has been for far too long. Um, he started now tinkering with it, taking out Funes Mori, putting Stones in. Fair enough, I think that's the right decision. John yeah. Stones needs game time for me, but you know, you look at a back four who, on an individual basis, and again, this sounds very fickle. We're talking about. One of England's best left-backs in Lincoln Baines. We're talking about England's hottest prospect defensively, John Stones. Phil Jagielka, who's captained England. Mm. You've got right-back Seamus Coleman, who was wanted touted around by most of Europe in the last couple of years. On an individual basis, you're thinking, hang on, that's that's the defensive dreams. Yeah. But as as a unit, and obviously the mitigating circumstance of having Tim Howe behind him most of the season, mm. as a unit, they've just simply have failed to perform. Yeah. And I think you put that on a manager. The individual talents there within the players to get them organised or to get that calibre of player organised can't be that difficult of a job, Matt. That's it. That's and and I, don't, I don't, I don't get why. Like, if I wanted Martinez to stay, and as I said, it's not a personal thing. I think he's a great guy, and I'd love him to succeed. That first year was fantastic. Give me some of the best days I've had as an Evertonian. But I'm, I'm looking at him thinking, well. He's not working to improve this. He's not working to improve that. Things are just staying the same, and he's hoping, and, and, and well, I, I presume he's hoping that things turn around by him sticking to this formula that he's stuck to largely in his three years, and it just simply isn't happening. Two years is far too long. I don't know what his formula is anymore. No. He, he, when, he, when he first came to the club, he seemed to have a, a, a vision of how he wanted to play, and he, he'd stick with it, but now... Look at the way we lined up at the weekend there. Aaron Lennon playing off Lukaku. Barkley was playing in Gareth Barry's position. Mm. And Tom Cleverley, who was, he was just a body on the left-hand left side, essentially. He was just there. Mm. He, you know, he, he didn't really have a position. And it was the same in, in the Arsenal game at, at second half when he brought John Stones on and he kind of went to free at the back. Or I don't even know if it was free at the back. It was just an absolute mess. And he seems... When he, when he first came to the club as well, I remember how 
refreshing it was and, and invigorating as an Edison fan to have a manager who had ambition. And I remember he, he, he brought in all these posters around Finch Farm of teams that had won and he left a blank canvas at the top of the stairs and he's saying, go and win something, go and make your own history. And as he's gone on and as the team sort of, you know, run down a little bit, we're not playing as well. He's moved away from that and he's moved away from his, his, his principles as well. And mm. he seems to have a, have a cluttered mind in that sense. It, it's not it's not about going and making history anymore. It's about semi-finals and, you know, being thankful that we're in, in two semi-finals for the first time since 1984. It's not about winning games anymore. It's about the bigger picture and how in the future it's it's going to be better. And that, that in a way, kind of <coughs> epitomises this whole <coughs> FA Cup de- debate for me. Because if, if we went and won the FA Cup this, this year, it would be wonderful. It'll be a great day and it'll be probably be the, the best day I've ever had as an Everton fan. Mm-hmm. And you'd celebrate it for that night. You'd be buzzing about it for the rest <coughs> of the week. But when it came to pre-season again, and if someone like Romelu Lukaku goes, someone like John Stones goes, I'd I'd be terrified of this manager getting that money and trying to rebuild the team yeah. again because he's shown this team now is in, is in his image. This has got his imprint all over it, and it's just not structured enough. It's not geared towards long-term success in the Premier League. It's geared towards cup success because there's, there's individual players there who can produce on on any given yeah. day and, and get you through phases <clears throat> in, in the cup competitions, but. That's completely different to to the Premier League, like you mentioned there. You need to be so much more consistent, so much more robust in the way you play to get through some of these games on a consistent basis. And we just don't have it in us under this manager. So it'll be thanks for the memories for me if he wins the cup competition. He's a a manager Mm. who's shown he can win cup competitions in the past, Wigan obviously, but in the Premier League, he's just simply not got it in him over a 38-game stretch to get this team up towards the upper reaches. Yeah, I, I made the point the other day that it's ironic, isn't it? We signed him because he won an FA Cup and just completely ignored mm. his league form. Yeah. He could be getting sacked after having won an FA Cup yeah. and now we actually are recognising his league form. And, but um, it's, it's, I've seen people saying how they wouldn't be too concerned about him spending the money in the summer if he recouped it from the sales of, of Stones and Lukaku yeah. because he, he's brought in good players, but he can't put them together. Yeah. He's shown he, he just can't get that formula right. He can't get the... the I think we've said we've said before, haven't we? He'd be a great director of football. Yeah. He'd be brilliant yeah. at that, or a, or a head of youth development. He'd be so, he'd be yeah. so good at, at doing that side of it. But he's just not got that extra ingredient. You need to be a top manager and take this team on. Well, of course, people throw that point at you when you say, "Well, this is why you should give this man time because he's put together such a, a top class squad." Okay, I think he's had a helping hand along the way. I mean, Ross Barkley was. Always going to become what he what he was mm. going to become under any manager. I think um, it simply would have just taken a lot longer under some others. Mm. But you know, those who st- even those who can argue that use that as their argument to say he needs more time. I think that's waning now as well because he's been given this time now, a couple of years with these lads who he has brought on board, and you can commend him for that. I, I agree. The director of football shout what we said. Maybe he's just good at that, and yeah. and 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 the coaching side of it, the the tactical side of it, is just it's something that he, he needs to go away, go to another club, go to a lower cl- a club, and learn his trade by that. He's had a lot of money to spend as well, Dave. Over a hundred million, that's Matt, isn't it? That's yeah. forgotten. You know, he, he spent twenty eight million pounds on Romelu Lukaku. He signed it off for fourteen million pound in January, and you know, I, I don't, I don't want to hang hang him out to dry yet in the ass, but he's me. He's played half an hour. Of, he's been here four months and he's played half an hour in the Premier League. And the, it's being it's being bandied around. The reason he's not fit is because he's got a, a wrist injury. Yeah. What's, what's that all about? Well, no, I'm, what's just... it all about putting him on the bench if he if he's sixty percent exactly. fit? It, it doesn't make sense. I just want to go back to what you said about um, him shifting from his ideals because 
obviously the Reds like to rub it in our faces, that video of him saying, I'll get you, Ken Wright saying, I'll get you Champions League yeah. football um, <clears throat> as soon as possible, basically. And it's interesting hearing your take on it because I never quite thought of it that way. But when you look at it, and I've been thinking about it while we've been talking, it's it's a way of dampening expectations, I think, isn't it? Because it's it's condensing everything that he would perceive or he wants us to perceive as being a good season. So by saying, oh, first time we've reached two semi-finals since '84, um, you know, Everton aren't underachieving. That was that was the worst one. I think that was a real sort of. Yeah. You know that hit you in the bottom of your stomach. That one, um, and it, I think he's been quite well. Clever's not the word because we're, we're basically outing him on it at the minute. But mm. I think he he's tried to be quite clever and and, and manipulate what he has he, he has to show off as being the Everton manager for the last three years. Because I mean, he, he couldn't possibly stand in front of us and deny that since that first season. We haven't got better because we simply haven't, and he puts a lot down to bad luck as well. Um, I think there's elements of that this season, but for him to sort of put his hat on that being the reason for us not progressing, I think is extremely patronising, condescending, and it's ultimately why I think a lot of people are getting angry with him now. It's not, it's not just a case of oh, I think he should go. It's you know these things are actually people. I see people saying, oh, "I don't want to watch matches that day. I don't want to listen to what he's saying. I don't want to listen to the radio station, the lead, mm-hmm. the paper. I don't want to know what he said because we know what sort of tripe mm-hmm. he's going to come out with." And the dampening expectation thing, I think it, it, it's it's a far cry from Gaga in the Champions League. It's a far cry from what our targets are at the start of the season. And I I think it's quite cheeky to be yes. honest with you to come out with that sort of thing to us, but. We we know the context of what what our club is at the minute, or what it was until Mister Machiri come and invested some money, and then he's coming out and saying that we can compete financially with any club in the world. Now that that is a massive statement to make in the face of a guy who's just bought half the club virtually. That's a massive statement. That's a massive amount of pressure to put on himself. I think he might well have tripped up there. But that that's not enough, is it? No. Every- Every every team in the Premier League is flush now. Every and, team. and and that's a, and that's and that was comment was made uh, when answering a question about Lukaku's future. We all know that doesn't guarantee anything. Mm-hmm. There's players at Man City will probably leave. Doesn't matter if you get to everybody gets to a certain level of finance, like you said there, mm-hmm. TV money level of finances that they've got that they've never seen before. Money doesn't really matter in in, in that regard anymore. It's I, look and a guy like Lukaku as well is probably a little bit patronising towards him. Because he blatantly wants to go and kick on his career and play in the Champions League. Mm. Well, the, the other issue he's going to have as well now is, it, it, like I said, every team in the Premier League's got money. Now you look at the players who, who the likes of West Ham have got, like even Stoke City and all that. They, they, they've got the they've got the finance now to pull in the top players. But we're twelfth in the Premier League at the end of the day. It's 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 uh, it's April and we've got thirty eight points, and the fact that. I think last summer he kind of he, he could have got away with it a little bit because you know he brought in Lukaku and, and sorry that, I'm thinking of the wrong one there but but last summer he could have easily pointed to the 2014-15 season and said this is an, an anomaly because you know last season we've and the seasons before that we've been up in the, in the yeah. you know upper reaches we've been challenging we've got good young players we had the Europa League to deal with last season all these other things it was just a blip. Whereas that's been proven that that's just not the case now because yeah. we're, we're making the same mistakes over and over again in a similar sort of position in the Premier League and there's, there's, there's no sign of changing that. So while we all have a lot of money this summer and, and we can we can throw wages around, we can throw big transfer fees around, so a lot of other teams and a lot of other teams will be able to say, 
we're competing for European we're football. We're not 12th. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, we're doing this, we're doing that, we're, we're going places, and there's tangible evidence to suggest that we're going places. It's not just all, you know, on a wing and a prayer, like, like it will be with us. So mm. that, that that's not enough. <laughs> that's not enough, is it? <laughs> Absolutely not. And you look at, um, we've alluded to it a little bit earlier on about the Baines comments. I mean, again, when have you seen an Everton player break rank like that? Mm. Um, and I know a lot of people may blow it out of proportion, but the, the fact that he's come out, it's simply there to be blown out of proportion is the, yeah. is the big thing. Um, the fact he said something, and you know, there's we've heard for a long time that senior players, um, I've certainly heard from, from really good sources that senior players don't particularly like Martinez, and I think that's being kind. Mm. I think there was even rumours that a few of them have, uh, have staged their own interior protests, uh, mm. how we handle yeah. certain aspects and facets of the, of the, of the team in, in training. So, um, what Bain just said about the chemistry, though, does ring true. Um, and a player of his ilk and his class uh, and certainly his temperament. Yeah. It, that's it, the, that's it, the key one, yeah. isn't it? Because he... he He's, he's not one to ruffle feathers no, like in he, Bain, does he? He's, he's not one to come out and, and, and you know, he, he, typically when he does do interviews, and he, he rarely does, doesn't he, really? Yeah. He, he, he toes the party line. And that's twice this season now he, he's come out in, in, in the press and made, made mm. comments like that. The first one, I believe, was... I can't remember what game it was before, but the weekend, the week after he was dropped from the team, and obvi- that was when Oviedo played in for a few weeks in the side. He, um, yeah. he was in at left back, and he did he did quite well. But obviously, Baines has come back in recently, and it'll be interesting to see if something similar will happen again now in in, in the weeks to come. Whether he'll be uh, whether he'll be bombed off the side again, because you know, for all the the things we said about Martin, as when 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 players seem to cross him, that did happen. They've had it, you know. The, you know, we look at um, look at Sylvan Distance, Samuel Eto'o, Kevin Rowalas <laughs> uh, for, for a spell this season. Even Dara Dafeu, who's had a great beginning to the campaign, playing really well up till Christmas, and then all of a sudden we just didn't see him again for a few months. It, 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 he seems to just be happy to take yeah. players out of the side for, for a significant spell every now and then. But you know, all those things we said there, you know, they are they are just rumours. But there's no smoke about fire, is there? Yeah. And I've I've heard similar things to you about players not being happy and. It's just when I mean, you see performances like that the weekend, and you see the, like the one against Arsenal, which are just bereft of any kind of fight, any kind of willingness to, to get back into the game, or, or any appetite for for the battle. That's only going to add to it. That's only going to add to these rumours and say, well, you know, m- maybe it is true. Because look at it, you can see it on the pitch. The yeah. players don't look behind it. So, yeah, it's it's, it's just uh, it's not good, and it? it just feels like it's just beyond repair now. Yeah, definitely. And the fact he said them particular words. I think it a, a real sort of shot at Martinez as well because um, what what Martinez likes to profess every single week in these press conferences, if you're still listening to them, by the way, um, is how much of a collective unit and he's all about the group and team spirit seems very, very high on Martinez's agenda every single time he speaks about the players. That is a complete sort of, hang on, mate, you, you, you're wrong here. Yeah. This, this isn't the case. When you when you're talking about team chemistry, I think it's it's ambiguous to a point, but we know what he's getting at. Haven't heard what Martinez has said in the past, and what Everton have been about in the past. Yeah. I mean, you look at to say there's problems with team chemistry. I mean, that's to say there's problem. That's probably the most damning thing you could label it. And Everton side yeah. that has been based on team spirit, team chemistry over the years, um, and for him to say that that's completely gone gone bust and not, it isn't there anymore I mean it, it makes me feel as if we've got a squad of players Matt if you look at it and you, you take if you'd have woken up now with this squad at the end of 13-14 after that fantastic season 
you think everything's fantastic and you look at the squad and you think that doesn't need much at all to, to probably sustain uh, certainly a top four challenge, mm. if not further. I mean, you look at it now and you hear things like that, you hear Baines's comments, you hear Lukaku's comments about what he said um, uh, in the international break, which we'll get onto in a minute. Um, I'm looking at that squad now and I'm thinking, how can this sort of look as if it's a team that needs a transitional period? It shouldn't. It's going, it's it going should be in its it? pomp, this this squad. You look at it. Okay, I know there's Deadwood there and it's been developing for a while. You, you, you've got your Gibsons, Pienaar, there's an issue there. Um, obviously, Osman's coming towards the end. Hibbert. Well, Hibbert yeah. yeah, you've got you've got this, which yeah, we know the needs are clear out there. The core of it, though, and this is what the wider media are always talking about, how how much, how much how enriched in quality Everton are. You, you take that at face value. I'm thinking, well, yeah, you've got a point. That, that That's great. And then all of a sudden, I look at it with these comments with what could potentially happen in the summer. Lukaku future in doubt. Stone's future in doubt. Dare we say a couple of others who might want to leave Morales, I think is an absolute certain yeah. to go. Then it quickly becomes, like you say, it's a step backwards. You're looking at it and thinking, well, we need, we need to supplement this quickly. Yeah. Okay, the saving grace might well be the, the extra cash that we've got, but... That should not simply simply should yeah. not be the case. Kevin Morales, I think, hasn't even made ten league appearances this season. That that is unbelievable for a player of his quality. Signed a new contract, exactly. As well, you know, yeah, it it just doesn't it doesn't add up, do you know, and it's a mess. Do you know what? I, wa- I watched a couple of games this weekend. Uh, Spurs against Liverpool on Saturday night, and Leicester Southampton before us on the on Sunday as well. And they they just terrify me those matches because the, the Liverpool Tottenham one in particular. And you think what those but two clubs have done by the way. Brendan Rodgers was was uh, was kicked out of there just after the season after finishing second. Uh, the, Tottenham obviously have moved on managers for finishing fourth in the past, and, and, yeah. and, and they've, 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 they've raised standards and they've gone and got managers who who can do better for them. And the intensity and the cohesion and the spirit which those two teams played with on Saturday just petrified me because you look at our team and the, and the way we've been this season, and it was validated on Sunday. Yeah, the way they chase the ball, the way they hunt in packs. All these things that a United side are doing and a team who are united behind the manager and, and a cause do, and they were just so, so much better at it than us. And granted, that needs to be supplemented with, with quality as well. But we've got the quality, but we've not got anything else to, to, to go with it. And, and, and that that in itself, and I've, I've said this before, that's not something which just clicks into gear. Yeah. That's something which has got to be instilled meticulously over a long period of time. And that process hasn't even started yeah. with us. And the scary thing looking at it as well, Mike, you mentioned how, how the, the cohesion in those sides, like Leicester, like Spurs, like even Liverpool now, mm. with the, the, the Klopp effect, um, that that thing is normally the hardest element to come by in a side. Yeah. I mean, you look at Spurs over the years, you mentioned they've sacked managers for finishing fourth. You've looked at their squad sometimes, you just thought, well, they've got a player there, a player there, a player there, they haven't got a team. Mm. Uh, they used to buy players for fun. Spurs in midfield over the years, I mean, they must have had hundreds of players to come and going out of the door, coming in, um, and for them to develop that sort of team spirit and, and, and have that general concern for each other, that should be the most difficult thing to get. And they've picked that up quite quickly. Leicester, obviously under Ranieri, the start of this season, what, seven, eight months ago, they've picked it up. The fact that it's evaporated from Everton so quickly yeah. and you're just left with a core of good uh, a good squad, that's very concerning because you've got to go and rebuild that again. Mm. And and finances aren't simply the answer. You can't just throw money at it like no. I just mentioned. Spurs did, didn't get them anywhere. They got a manager who pulled the lads, these lads together, got them playing for each other, and then look what happened. So it, it's a massive rebuilding project. It's about standards as well, isn't it? You know, 
it seems as though some uh, when when you look at some of the games, some of the performances, there's not really doesn't seem to be any anger there in our, in our fan base. It just seems to have gone to to apathy now, and mm-hmm. I think until I, I, I feel like a lot of a lot of supporters just are quite happy to just go and enjoy the game and and that sort of thing. And obviously that that's that's great if you, if, if you enjoy doing that. But the likes of the likes of us who obviously work in, in the media and we, we do these shows and it seems to you know we find it hard to detach from in a way, yeah. don't we? And, until I feel, I worry that by the time it becomes to that point where the fan base is completely united, showing anger against the, against the manager and, and, and demanding a change, it's going to be a, a really really bad predicament, and that's why I, I'd still get rid of him in the, in the summer if, if the FA if we even do win the FA Cup because, like I said, winning a trophy is just not conducive to long term long term league success, and and if we continue down this path, and. <sighs> You mentioned I mentioned Spurs and Leicester there, and and, the, and they do the basics so well. They haven't really; they're not that good as well. <laughs> in, yeah. in a way, they do, they do all these, these, they do all the hard work. They're organised, but they're not that good. They've not got like they're not they're not teams which are like bristling with quality to supplement that as well. And the fact that they're up at the top and we're twelfth in this league this season, which has been, you know, I don't think it's been a great Premier League season. It's a worry because if teams were doing a bit better, they could marry all these attributes to a bit better. We'd be even further down. I think we're quite lucky in that respect. The the long term plan thing you mentioned is really interesting because keeping Martinez sort of flies in the face of what this supposed Everton plan is in terms of longevity with managers. We're not a club who sacks managers. We're not a club with a you know rotating door policy, getting managers in and out and sacking them really quickly, like Spurs were. We're, we're a club that sticks by the manager that's been in. That's that's proven to be a, yeah. to our detriment at the minute. So if someone at the club is to hold up the fact that Martinez does go and win a trophy and say, well, look, this manager has brought the team success, well, no, it's not right, is it really, when the way you deem success is having a sustainable future and, and having a long-term mm-hmm. plan. Well, he's totally gone against that for the last two years. Does winning a trophy simply just make 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 you sweep that under the carpet? Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't make any sense, really. And I think the the fact that he's still in a relatively comfortable position because he, to, to again to contextualise it, Matt, we're, we're looking at a fan base that is that's unhappy and disgruntled with it. A majority of them, like I said, but the reality of it is, I don't think he's anywhere near the trapdoor no. in terms of. Who ultimately makes that decision? Yeah, Ken Wright coming out after the Chelsea game. What a manager! I mean, do you think that is his decision anymore, though, Bill Kenwright? Well, the, the the thing, the thing, the the problem I think we've got is with Mashiri. I think he he seems to be a very very intelligent man. Uh, he's made all the right noises. I think he wouldn't want to ruffle too many feathers initially, and that's why I think we have a a, a mid term problem, if you like, because I think that he's not. He doesn't seem to be like, for instance, a Mike Ashley will come in. This is my club now. This right, is, yeah. I'll I'll put the lay of the land, I want my own man, and yeah. you'll all bow down to me. I think he's doing it, and and his level of investment probably reflects that. The fact that he hasn't bought a controlling stake in the club, um, he's bought uh, the majority of the shares. Mm. I think that that is an intent to do that. There's an intent. There's, he has every intention of being the man yeah. who makes those decisions, but he's seen the sort of. The, the, the Ken Wright's of effect of the club, as in the, the good side of it, I'm talking about like the family side of it, the you know the traditions of the club and things like that, and, and I really like that idea, but at the same time, that would include how ruthless Everton are with how, how they perceive things on the pitch, and I think Mr Mashiri's probably sitting there thinking, well, I'll give it some time, I'll see what yeah. this is all about. 
which is probably the right thing to do, but it's not in this situation. I think a decision needs to be made, and I don't think he'd be the type at this moment in time to say, I don't want this. When he starts seeing a financial hit, Mm. or when he starts seeing Everton consistently, as we've seen for the last two years, suffering on the pitch, that's when you'll see him step up and say, I'm not having this. I've bought into a club that I want to see succeed in the future. I think that's when he'll pull his finger out and say, not for me. But in the meantime, I think within this sort of period of... I'm trying to think of a way to sort of describe Malaise. it. Yeah, I think it is. I think it's a, it, it's a, it's a period where everybody's sort of content. He's not doing bad enough in their eyes to sack him, but he's probably not doing well enough to say to me, yeah, it is, it is a multiple-year extension team contract or whatever, which he signed last summer anyway. So things will stay as they are, I think, regardless of what happens in the cup run. At the end of the season, I I think that if he doesn't if he doesn't win the FA Cup, which we can say on current form is likely, hmm. I'm not being pessimistic. No, no, it's likely it. we won't win it. Then we played. Listen, we played the two teams. We could play in the semi final in the past three weeks. Us, and we've yeah. got we've lost both times. Yeah, exactly. So. Um, and that that can that can happen. And a Palace, the other one as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we haven't beat Watford either. Have we? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yeah, I think I'm right in saying that. So. <clears throat> you, you look at where, where that comes into into play, and, and I'm thinking, well, if he doesn't get win the FA Cup, say we finish bottom half, which again is likely, does he still get sacked? And I still don't think he does. The, he should, and that this, this is where I'm saying this, this is where the, there's a massive disparity yeah. between our fan base and the decision makers at the club. Still, even though you've got this machinery issue now, that. I'm thankful for that because that will play a big part in our future. But right now, I think there's a massive disparity between what we all want and what the club will be willing to do. I still think he'll keep his job, even if he doesn't win the FA Cup and a bottom half finish. I think, it, yeah, uh, the, the only thing that makes me think he might not is that if, if Machiri was an investor coming in from, say, abroad, or he was someone who hadn't been around football for a while, yeah, then I think he might have been more willing to kind of get his feet under the table stand back a bit and, and let it all go on. But he's been involved in Arsenal for a while True. now. He's someone, who, yeah, he's, someone point. he's someone who doesn't know football. He's someone who has been around the Premier League for, for a while. And he, he will have been aware of Everton for a long time. Mm. I think uh, Bill Kenwright said himself, there have been discussions for, for 18 months. So I imagine he will have been keeping one eye on what's been going on at Everton and how things are developing. And and and, and if he's been watching, like you said, of what we, what we what he's, what we've been watching and he's seen the same things that we are, then that might prompt him into doing something, something drastic in the summer because... Like we said, it's it's getting worse with deteriorating. We've got we've got a great we've got a, we've got a squad of players that have got talent, but he's not using them properly, and it's getting worse. And the the disparity in the, the fan base seems to be growing. Players don't seem to be happy, and I think if he's picking up on all these little things like we are, the fact that he's been in the Premier League for a while, he knows it, and he he'll, he might be aware of managers who can come in. He might know managers from abroad. He might be able to come in because he's been involved in football. I reckon that might push him into doing something. I mean, it's going to be fascinating. It's going to be a really fascinating summer. Probably one of the biggest in our recent history. We've said that many yeah. times. <laughs> but you look at the level of it now. We've got some financial weight behind us. Um, whether how how soon that comes to the fore in terms of affecting decisions, mm. well, we'll have to wait and see. But I mean, listen, it, st- listen standards yeah. are going to be are going to be raised, aren't they? That, that's yeah. inevitable now. There's, the manager's going to be held, held to a, a higher standard than he would have been if it was just Bill Ken right there. And this is a, like, it's a good thing, Matt. Yeah, isn't that it? is a good, great yeah. thing. Yeah, you know, because 
we had um, we had Rodri uh, Cannon on the other week, and he made the great point saying Martinez has never really had a proper boss because he was at Wigan for for four years, Dave mm-hmm. Weir, and he's a similar sort of figure to Bill Kenwright, isn't he? You know, he was lording yeah. him up, saying how great he was. He could go on to be a top manager, and it's the same sort of thing at Everton. He, he's never been under any pressure, so. The fact that he will be now, and I think we've seen little signs of that after the Arsenal game last week. The fact that he was a little bit more touchy and a little bit more angry than he has been after some games, and I think that might just be the fact that he knows now that he's going to have to start getting results from this team. Yeah, I, I think with um, with with regards to, I mean, we're going to touch on the Lukaku comments in a sec, but I mean, you look at is there a way back for him this is this, this is the sort of thing that I, I, I think about daily and, and, and sadly lost sleep over I mean is there any way he can re, reinstill faith I mean the, the, the piece I wrote said that we've got this derby three games before the cup semi-final and I'm sitting there thinking well it, it, it's an unlucky situation it's not it's it's not a desirable situation to be in having this game three days before the cup semi-final at any point in any season for any manager under any pressure, you don't want that. But I made the point that he he can't take that game lightly. The only way out of it is if he wins them. If he wins those two games, I have no doubt that a lot of people will, will say, well, yeah, he's the man here, mm. and, and we'll, we'll, we'll reinstill our faith in him. That's this fickle nature that I'm talking about. Again, it probably shouldn't be given as much praises it although it'd be our first victory at Anfield yeah. in seventeen years or whatever. Um it, it it still probably shouldn't be given the credit that it will undoubtedly get because there's there's always a furore around these things, isn't there? When mm. when when records are broken like that, like when we won at Old Trafford one nil. Yeah. Or we beat a poor David Moyes side in in reality. Not trying to take the shine off it, but that's what it ultimately <laughs> yeah. was. And a lot of people did it that season. Do doing this, um you know, you, you, again, you probably if you win the semi final, you're beating a poor United side or a good West Ham side, mm. uh, and getting to a final. But is there a long term way back into it? I think you, you, you're looking and nothing short of him winning six or seven of our last eight in the league and and winning a cup. I think that's what gives him next season with the fans. I'd, I'd love this to be a way back for him because yeah. I like him. I, I really do like him. And yeah. He's clearly a very intelligent man. He's a great ambassador for the football club. He speaks really well. And, and when you do, you know, when it's funny because no one wants to listen to him now, but in the uh, in the first season when we were playing well, and all, all these lines were coming out with people saying, "Oh, you know, this fellow's great." All the all these stuff he comes out with, you know, all, everyone was everyone was lapping it up. But if he won at Anfield and went and won in the semi final as well, that'll just I, I will not be surprised because that's just that's just been it, hasn't it? This yeah. season, you know, we've beat. Beat Chelsea and and um, and City, obviously in the set in the in the quarterfinals and semi-finals respectively. We've we've had some uh, some good performances in them in Europe last season. We went away and had some good performances, but it's kind of it's it's it, it's again it's it's like the, the whole bringing up the semi-final point. He's saying, look look how great we are. We've been in two semi-finals. Yeah. Just ignore the fact that we're uh, we've lost eight home games all season. You know, <laughs> yeah. and, and do that. And he, the fact that he'll be able to point to those results without it being supplemented with anything would just be a continuation for me in a way. What we need to start seeing is better home performances, better defending, teams that are teams that are, um, are more hungry to get to win the ball back higher up the pitch, players that are uh, seem to be a lot more behind the manager's vision, and do, we need to see that over a longer period of time. Yeah. Just, From that point, is it too late in the day? I, I think it is. I think it is as well yeah. because there's been no in- indication at all that in, his, in any of his jobs in his managerial career 
that he's capable of doing that. Wigan is, the, you know, I don't want to compare us to, to, to a side who, are, you know, like, like like Wigan, but they gradually over time got worse and worse in the league, and then and then he won the FA Cup, and and, and they, they ended up getting relegated as well. And it's it's a similar sort of thing again, isn't it? With us, he, he had a good first season. We're gradually getting worse in, in the league, but we're still going in the FA Cup. And if you look back at history, look back at his his, his previous jobs. I think it. I think before he he came to Everton, his Wigan side had conceded something like two hundred and fifty goals in the in in the four mm. seasons. And the fact that we're this team is still making defensive mistakes. Look at James Coleman for that goal mm. at, at the weekend. You know that that that's so basic and and and, and just. Just indicative of a player who's not fully focused on his defensive responsibilities, yeah. and I, I just don't see it, Dave. I, I'd love, I'd love him to to, to turn it round and, and, and you know be a, a great figure for the club again, but I, I just can't see any way back for him now. Yeah, I want to finish on a, well, a couple of individuals. Obviously, we'll, we'll we'll start with Lukaku and what he said over the international break, and his agent's probably the most infamous sort of uh, hmm. seller in in the game, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, Put it to you, didn't I? He's like the Avon salesman. He's yeah. knocking, at every, <laughs> knocking at everyone's door. How much do you want to pay for this fella? Um, Lukaku ultimately, do you think he's gone? Yeah, yeah, I think he will. Mm. I think it's 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 a bit different to the John Stone situation for me because these noises are getting made and the season's not even finished yet. Yeah, you know, Chelsea last summer came and I think they, they made the first bid for him at the start of August. Was it John Stones? Mm. And it was a bit too late for us to to, to kind of do any business then because we didn't have any other any other centre half. Did we at the time? Yeah. We haven't brought in more. He and Alcaraz is obviously both gone. But the fact that these noises are getting made now in April, his dad came out and said it. He came out in two separate interviews with, with Belgium. He did one with Sky actually. He did one with a Belgian newspaper and said it. Even his dad, his dad came out and said, didn't he? Yeah. I, I want him. You know, I, I want him to buy him Munich. Or I want him Manchester United. It seems as though things are starting to align in terms of a transfer and. Lukaku said himself, uh, sorry, Martin has said himself, didn't he, in the um, in the press? You know, it's he seems kind of resigned to the fact that he's losing it. And, and Lukaku mentioned in an interview with, I think it was the Guardian, how he's got an open relationship with the manager in that respect. He can go and knock on his door and talk to him about his future. Mm. So it's it's not looking good. But you know, it's, if we get something like fifty, sixty million pounds for him, that's 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 a lot of money for the for a player who, who I think he's been absolutely superb for us this season. He's he's mm. brilliant, brilliant striker. I think for a, for a 22 year old lad who's got a lot of miles on the clock already, I think that's not a bad sum of money. No, I I, I agree with you there. Um, but on the other hand, I think it'd be a crying shame because it feel like he's left us without fulfilling something. Mm. Um, whether that's something's winning the FA Cup and ending it that way, maybe that would be like a, an yeah. appropriate sort of way to sign off. What's been a fantastic three years with us, um, and it, it's funny how you compare his timeline to mine. This is how they sort of. Both began on the same trajectory. Yeah, yeah. His has continued towards the stars, and Martinez has sort of taken a bit of a tumble the other mm. way. Um, it, it's interesting to see the, and it's that that shows his class in the way, doesn't it? Because his trajectory, like I say, hasn't followed the teams. His has just gotten bigger and bigger yeah. and bigger. His stock has risen more and more and more. And it, it's funny. I, I still see you still see people. Obviously, the lazy things always thrown at him quite quickly as soon as he does something wrong or he doesn't mm. have a good game or he doesn't score. Um, but people, you'd still get blues out there, Matt. That'd be like, oh, I'd, I'd, I'd sell him in a heartbeat. Well, I think the 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 proof will be in the pudding when we are struggling to replace him in the summer. Exactly. Yeah. Regardless of what money we've got, I mean, who who do you see out there that you could possibly go and get? Who will one replicate him, or two you can get at a decent price? Um, 
So, I mean, again, it all looks fortunate that we might have the additional investment to go and do that. But it'd be it'd be tremendously sad because I, I love him as a person as well. I think he's 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 a character. I don't think I, I don't think he's sort of <clears throat> we've ever really got too much into him because he, he's a very intelligent lad. Obviously, speaks all mm. these languages. I don't think we ever really quite seen enough of that sort of character coming mm. out. And I'd love to see a little bit more of an insight into him. And, and obviously, we might do if he ends up in another club playing in the Champions League, but. It'd be it'd be a crying shame, I think, if he uh, if if he does end up leaving. I think the only way is if we went and got a great manager in the summer. I think if if we went and made an appointment, which which we could we could, we could go and do now because we've got the money still. We've got like we mentioned, we've got good young players there. If Martinez was sent on his way and we went out and got a a, a good manager, I'm not not saying any names now or anything, but if we went and got someone who's a proven winner, who's shown that he can he can take teams forward. Then that might be the only way, mm. but you know, Luke Harker did an interview himself before the uh, Arsenal game last week, and they, they asked him about how this team should be doing better this season. He said, "Defending, winning cheap, you know, yeah. g- giving away little fouls every now and then." So basically, all the things that he doesn't have to do, and he's saying the rest of the team should be doing, yeah. and, and, and the manager should be instilling. So I think he will. You can see after some of the goals, we can see this season the reaction from the lad. You mm. know. You think back to that, that Stoke game when we lost 4-3, and he was incredible that day. Yeah. He was unbelievable, and it was probably the best the best all-round centre-forward display I've seen from, from an Everton striker for a long, long time. And we lost. Mm. Lost 4-3 at home, and that, yeah. that, that, that just sums it up. We, we've not we've not fully capitalised on, on his goals this season. And, and if if we did, you know, if, if a club like, say, Bayern Munich or Real Madrid came in with the money for him and, and wanted to take him, it would be quite embarrassing, really, for, to kind of, Beg him to stay, wouldn't they? And, and deny him yeah. an opportunity. Well, that, that's the thing, isn't it? <laughs> that's the difficult thing, in terms, and that's why I agree with you. That, that's why I think he will leave because what 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 do you say to him? Oh, come on, Rom. You know, we'll, we'll do better next season. <laughs> we'll, what's that finishing eleventh? Do you know what I mean? It, it, there's no sort of pull. There's no there's no look. We'll have this to look forward to because it's all right making these empty promises. Like you say, that's where the manager might be the only one who can sort of say, look, mm. you know what track record I've got. Yeah. We will be at this level. Give it one more year with me. Give it till Christmas. See where we are, um, and that's why I ultimately think we we are going to lose him. I and mean, I'll be devastated if and when it happens. The other one I wanted to talk about because I've had some um, some healthy debates about this lad over Twitter is a bit of a random one to finish on. But James McCarthy, mm. um, I don't know what your thoughts are because I haven't sort of seen you getting involved in this, but um, I haven't seen him do much for a while now. Uh, and and again, mitigating circumstances are, are there for all to see in terms of how poor yeah. a lot around them have been. But you know you compare him again if you, you to compare two uh, two trends if you like in terms of Gareth Barry and James McCarthy the chalk and cheese this season. What does McCarthy offer the side at the minute for you? Because it's very very little as I perceive it. Not much for me either. No, yeah. I've been really disappointed with him this season and. In the in the first year, he, he seemed to be, he seemed to be just really focused on stopping and defending and getting around the pitch, getting into the full back position when when Colin Bond forward, cutting that out, you know, making tackles, closing people down. But in the second season, Martinez tried to convert him into a a box to box play, didn't he? he? Was he had an attacking endeavour? He he was playing him off the striker at times and later on in the season, trying to get him forward more. And we mentioned about how it seems as though Roberto's uh, thinking and his, his, his plans have been getting muddled and he's got a bit of a congested mind. I think McCarthy's been, been a victim of that. He doesn't mm. seem to have a, 
a role on the pitch for me, which which he needs to get out of his best. He doesn't really seem focused on defending. He doesn't really seem focused getting forward. He doesn't really know what to do when he gets the ball in, in advanced areas. And I feel as though if he was given a little bit more responsibility in the side, say if we just played him as like a sole holding midfield player and said, you just sit in front of the back four and just defend, do that job, I think he'd be a lot better. But he seems to just be between positions at the moment because Gareth Barry's been doing that job really well. Obviously, Ross Barkley's been having a, a good season and McCarthy's just kind of been a bit in the middle. But mm. yeah, he, he, he needs to up his game as well, don't get me wrong, because you, you compare him to somebody like uh, Besic who does the running round like he does. He can put tackles in like he does. He can spot danger. But Besic, has got a, he's got a lot more about him on the ball. You see with that penalty he won against yeah. West Ham the other week when he got into that position. Great quick feet, drew the foul. That's not something McCarthy's got in his game. Yeah, it, 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 I, I agree. I think when I watched him in his first season, uh, and then obviously the cliche labelled on him is he always covers every blade of grass mm. and whatnot. Uh, I think willing runners in the Premier League are 10 a penny now. Yeah. And, and I think that that's where he's sort of been found out a little bit. I agree. His manager probably hasn't helped him out a little bit. But when I saw him at the end of that first season and towards... In fact, he, he had a little glut of goals towards the end of last season yeah. as well. And I thought, there's a development there for him. There's there's something for there for him to work on. Get him get him further further up the field. He can finish. He can shoot. Yeah. Get him further up the park and, and let's see how he develops there. But like you say, he's always been this bit part sort of foil for somebody else all yeah. the time. He's always been... Gareth Barry's foil or he's always been just play sit behind Ross Barkley mm. and play in that position between Barry and, and Barkley and I don't think he's got the passing range to be a, a better because best put pull out a pass uh, as, as can Barry as well as distribution's yeah. great I don't think he's got that in his locker um, I agree I, I think you've hit the nail on the head there he needs a definitive position it is going to be defensive midfield and he needs to be told that position's yours here's a run of games X amount of games because Barry's obviously not getting any younger yeah. Here's the first 10 games of next season. We'll have Gareth Barry on the bench. Let's see. Or even pre-season. Let's experiment with you as the sole man in midfield there. And let's ultimately test how good you are. That, that That's it. And especially now in the, with the Premier League season looking completely over and done with. Oh, granted, it didn't work at all. When we played uh, Bessic and McCarthy against Arsenal that, the other week, that was, it, you know, it was shocking. But... That's got to be the way forward. Yeah. We've got we've got to give them a, a run of games in the in the side to see what they can do and, and and whether they can play together as a pair because that intensity they both both have the the the, the passing range of Bessic as well. You can see them potentially being a good pair, can't you? Mm. Further down the line, and we're not going to know unless they start playing like that. And Gareth Barry's had a great season. He's probably been player of the year, I'd say, for for for, for us this yeah, this campaign. Yeah, agree, yeah. but. Why, why, why playing for these last few games? What's the point? Mm. You know, he's, he's probably got one season left in him. If, if that, you've got to start looking to the future and looking towards a, a way to, to to address some of these problems that we've got, like pressing, like defending, and those two players as a pair will probably be a little bit better in that respect. Well, with that in mind, just to finish off, you look at what could potentially happen with us this summer. Why aren't there more of our players with the attitude of? All of our places are up for grabs here because we've got a new investor. We could potentially have a new manager. <coughs> this could be the start of something new mm. here. Why aren't there more of our players, a la Lukaku, coming out and playing out of the skin to try and earn a place in that squad next season? There doesn't be, seem to be that feel about Do it for you, any of them. They, they think that they can meander through to next season and everything will be okay. It, it doesn't. That's it. Yeah. Uh, there should be a mentality of, hang on, mate, you're not performing, you're not going to be here next season. Dave, look at the goalkeeping situation. Yeah. 
how how long did that go on? How long do we go on, on the radio and say, Tim Howard's got to come off the team? It was almost 18 months, wasn't yeah, it? And yeah. he was just guaranteed of his place every week. There was no pressure on him. And eventually, he got put into a situation where things got so bad and so toxic with the fans that he had to make a change. He had no other option. He didn't make the, you know, he, he didn't, he wasn't proactive and made the decision of himself. He was almost forced into that. And you look at players in that team now, like like James McCarthy, Gareth Barry at times last season was playing every week, even though he was mm. poor. Ross Barkley, Seamus Coleman, they're going to be playing every week regardless. I don't think they feel as though the, the, the places are under threat, and, and, and that's evident in the, in the, in the performances. It's uh, it's going to be a crazy summer. <laughs> I really yeah. think it will be, regardless of cup wins or league form or whatever. I think it's uh, it's time to get our house mm, in order finally. And definitely, it's the, uh, hopefully the dawn of a new era in many different ways for Everton. Uh, thank you very much for your time for listening to the show. Um, we should be back same time next week. Uh, it should be out round about Tuesday, Wednesday. The podcast that I, I think Ped will be back then as well. Um, but in the meantime, yeah, keep downloading, keep listening, and tweet us all your comments and thoughts, and we'll, we'll get as many read out as possible. In the next show, you'll be listening to The Blue Room with Dave Downey and Matt Jones. <laughs>